Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking Red Nation, or should I say Green Nation? I mean, I know that was just one game, guys, but Jalen Green gave us a lot to talk about today here on this episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Jeremy Brenner here, and today, Michael Brown, we've got Jalen Green to talk about. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, though, on this episode of The Dream Take. Always a pleasure to have you aboard. Yes, sir. Uh, anytime I get to talk Rockets basketball with you, I consider that a good day. Um, yeah, man, it I, I, I got to tell you, I haven't had this sort of excitement level watching a Rockets game in a, in a long time. Uh, yeah, probably been- since the Armani Brooks uh, sighting because he was a member of the University of Houston. Uh, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, dude, it was just exciting, man. I mean, even the announcers are all in on Jalen Green, it sounds like. And he showed me tonight. I don't like the people that are out there that are like, oh, you know, it's it's only a summer league game. If you if you lose, if you win, it's like it's not a big deal. No, you got to see a lot from the Rockets players tonight. And every Rockets fan should be excited about what they saw tonight. 
It was great. Absolutely. They performed at a very high level, and they exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I mean, look. Look, this is not Jalen Green's first professional basketball game. Same with Alperin Shangun, who also had a great game. And we've got, I mean, most most of the Rockets that played tonight, it wasn't their first professional game. I think with Josh Christopher, I think he was maybe the only person that just came straight from college, never playing a professional game before tonight. But look, I mean, the Rockets tonight, they had a lot of struggles early. But they were as they went into the game, they, they kind of limited those mistakes, I would say. And you started to see kind of who was there to stay and who who the cream was rising to the top as the game was moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, Josh Christopher could not have started any worse than he did. Uh, he was just nervous. And, and that's it's OK. You know, those types of things are OK. That's why you play these games. Um, I will tell you what, from minute one that he stepped on the court, Sangoon looks like he belongs. Oh, he belongs. No, there, there's no questions about what that dude is. Like, I think we all know what he's going to be in the league. Like, to me, he's Nikola Vucevic if it works out. Like, he can play. The kid or like it's a bonus, like a DeMontis a bonus. Correct. Or... Correct. He, he has that inside game hit the outside will be developed but i gotta tell you man like i don't know which jersey i'm gonna buy first the sangoon or a green jersey or maybe both i could see almost like deandre ayton a little bit in his game too like i really think shangoon has the ability like he moves like a professional basketball player and i think him playing in in europe definitely helped i think they they were saying that his league that he was in the Turkish league was the second best league in the world outside of outside of the NBA they mm-hmm. they said there were you know I think they said 30 ex NBA players played in the league last season and Shangun was the MVP of that season at 19 years old that's a big number that we're going to say a lot this season is the number 19 because all four Rockets rookies the three that played tonight and Usman Garuba that's also another thing too Usman Garuba didn't even play tonight Armani Brooks didn't even play tonight. He was part of the COVID uh, health and safety protocols, so he was out today. He probably would have gotten some of Marcus Foster's minutes. I believe he probably would have gotten all of Marcus Foster's minutes. Uh, So that's kind of why he was in there. I think Armani Brooks would have easily gotten those minutes had he been available. But, like, there's still – and Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be added to this team. And Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. There's so much to love about the Rockets right now, and – we only got a tip of the iceberg today. Well, I, what I loved about this game and specifically is that the guys you wanted to see improvement from, like I wanted to see what KJ Martin looked like tonight. The block on Mobley was filthy. Oh, that block check was. Check that off your bingo card. I, that was yeah. definitely, like, I could have guaranteed that was going to happen. Yeah. And, like, that, and it did. He, he looked good. You saw shades of what, Josh Christopher can be. Um, he's a bucket getter. Like that's what he is. I love his. I loved his toughness tonight. Um, Jalen Green showed star potential tonight. Jalen Green showed shades of Bradley Beal. He showed shades of Jason Tatum tonight. Um, and he looked like he was having fun. You know, like that's a big crowd for what we've gone through the past almost two years with COVID. 
that was a big crowd to play in front of tonight. I don't want to say this definitively, but I would argue that's probably one of the bigger crowds that Jalen Green has played in front of. Um, I mean, considering he played in the bubble all of last season, so right? No audience. Correct. It's the biggest game. It's the biggest in his professional career. I haven't been to any of his AAU games or anything like that. But that's kind of what. That's kind of I think how he's taking this this little summer league business is he's kind of looking at it as kind of an AAU showcase and he's just having fun with it. And really, there's there really isn't a whole lot of pressure in summer league. And and also what's so great about this situation with the Rockets. There's not a whole lot of pressure to win right away. And Jalen Green is going to be able to, uh, you know, kind of figure it out on his own as he goes on. Same with, you know, guys like Josh Christopher, same with Alperin Shangoon. And the thing about those three in particular is they are so good right now. And they're 19 years old. I just I feel like the Rockets hit the jackpot. Really, honestly. I think I think it's a little early for that, but I can Oh, it's a little I, early for all of what we're saying yeah. right now. Let's be no, real. No, no. We've we have for been, sure. this is one summer league game. For sure. But I'm with you, man. Like on the night, I, I thought when people were killing the Christopher pick, I didn't get it. Like watch him play. Like the kid can flat out play. Sangoon can flat out play. Jalen Green is a star. You put this with Christian Wood, like you said, Jay Sean Tate, um, John Wall, question mark, Eric Gordon, question mark, uh, Daniel Tice. Like, can you imagine putting Tice and Sangoon in the front court with Jalen Green, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., and Jay Sean Tate? That's a great lineup. You know I'm what I mean? Like, Gar- you've, got, you've got Garuba. You've got, like, the possibilities are endless. And – like, we haven't even talked about the mo- the highlight of the night that we just drafted a kid in Sangoon that's talking to a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, at first, I watched the video, and I'm like, okay, like, this is cool. But then, like, he kept doing it, and I'm like, okay, like, the possibilities are endless. Like, the, if the Rockets don't do a, a bobblehead giveaway where he's holding a basketball and, like, you press a button – and it repeats what he's saying to a basketball, then I don't know what the hell they're doing. What do you think? Okay. What do you think he says to the basketball? Give us the English translation, Mike. How thankful he is for his translator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's, that might be a, that oh, might be a, man. That might be a, a uh, that might need to be discussed in the dream take after hours. Oh, man. Oh, um, man. But no, like, he just is like, even on draft night when he had the video, what did he say? He's like, I'm so happy because his English isn't great. But, like, stuff like that. Like, he's just a happy-go-lucky guy that you just root for. He, yeah, he's hard to root against. And Jalen Green is the same way. Josh Christopher and him are buddies. Kevin Porter Jr. is – all these guys are young. All these guys are energetic. Like, Jeremy, this is what I was talking about, though. David Nawaba. We haven't even talked about David Nawaba and how he's going to fit into this rotation. Yeah. I will go back and say this. I was one of the ones who was most critical about the front office and the way they handled last season because they handled it like garbage. Like, let's call it what it is. But hindsight being 2020, if they didn't do the things that they did, Jalen Green would not be a rocket. Um, Usman Garuba yeah. would not be a rocket. Josh Christopher would not be a rocket. 
Uh, do you get Kevin Porter Jr. if you already have James Harden? Probably not. Um, what did the front office do in the offseason? They went out, they re-signed David Nwaba. Didn't think that would happen. Loved it. Signed Daniel Tice to a, a nice contract. Didn't overpay him. I like that move. I hate to say this. They have not done much wrong in the offseason. Tonight. No, they have not. Helped hammer that point home within reasonable expectations. I'm this is saying. what I've been trying to tell people for months. That yeah, the Rockets you, are on the right path. Yeah. It took me a while to come around to it. And I'm not there just yet. But my first inclination tonight was I haven't felt like I've wanted to buy a Rockets jersey since James Harden. I'm probably going to end up with a Jalen Green jersey. I'll go ahead and throw that out there right now. A, a Jalen Green jersey is going to happen. See, but here's the thing, Mike. You don't want to get the Jalen Green zero jersey unless unless you like vintage looks because by the time Daniel House is out of Houston, you know Jalen Green's going to go to number four. And then yeah. he'll have his number four, and then he'll ride with number four until the end of his career. I'm going to fall. I'm gonna and wait. then it's going to go to the rafters. Yeah. That's no, the hope. I, That's the hope. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out a poll tomorrow on the dream take about is it too early to retire his name into the rafters or is it appropriate? I mean, look, and the thing is, let's talk about why we're saying this about Jalen Green, first of all. Okay. Mm-hmm. What he was able to do today, you mentioned Bradley Beal. I've I've kind of likened him to Donovan Mitchell in in kind in some past podcasts. But dare I say that first shot, that first shot that he made, that little floater from like mid the mid range floater, uh-huh. dare I say that looked like James Harden. There yeah. was, there's a little bit in his game and that step back move that's very reminiscent of James Harden. And I can't help but like feel like I'm watching James Harden all over again. Um, and, if, and if that's who we get in Jalen Green, then we've got a pretty good player. I mean, look at I mean, not only what he did on the on the scoreboard tonight, but he also had five rebounds, uh, made his only free throw, shot 50% from the field. That was the knock on Harden when we got Harden was the fact that he wasn't a great shooter. Jalen Green, man, is I don't know if I'd go with Harden. To me, he's Jason Tatum. Like, I watched his game tonight, and I think it's going to take – after seeing him play, I will say this. it's For me, there is room for improvement. He's got to get stronger um, is the first thing. He's got to work on his three-point uh, shot, even though he shot four of nine tonight from three, which is incredibly impressive. He needs to continue. There were some bad misses there. Yeah, there were some bad misses. misses. Correct. And, and, and it's going to come. Jason Tatum had the same sort of problems with his game early in his career. But what I liked most about Jalen Green tonight was the fact that he looks like he belongs. Like, the moment is not too big for him. You also saw tonight, and I wanted your opinion on this. Tonight was reason number one in my mind you take Jalen Green over Evan Mobley. Because Evan Mobley looked good tonight. The lobs were nice. Everything was nice. But you can game plan for a guy like an Evan Mobley. The Mobley mob acting real quiet tonight. Yeah, like <laughs> you, if if you like tonight, you put J, you put Jay Sean Tate on Evan Mobley. He doesn't have the night that he had. Like it feels like he killed us tonight. He had twelve points, you know. Yeah, like he was zero of two from three. He missed both of his free throws. 
Um, the telecast said, you know, he's got to work on his lower body strength, which, which is well, correct. Yeah. Here's the thing about Evan Mobley though. And, and something that we talked about in the draft process, and this isn't necessarily me defending Evan Mobley here, but I will say this when it comes to bigs like that, we knew that before the, before the draft process, you know, was coming to a close and all of that, that Jalen Green was going to be the better player sooner, but Evan Mobley might have the higher ceiling down the line. And mm-hmm. you're not necessarily looking – when your teams like the Rockets and the Cavs, you're not really necessarily looking for the player that's going to make you better today. You're looking for the player that's going to make you better when your championship window is open, which for us it should be the middle of the decade. Sure. So Evan Mobley I do think has those intangibles that will make him a really good player in the league, but he definitely is not – at the same level that Jalen Green is right now. And also the same thing, too. Green and Mobley are on two different uh, trajectories because they're both two different positions. So it's hard to compare those two, and that's what made it so difficult at the time to compare Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. And where we were kind of like, you know, hey, we'll take either, we'll be happy with either, both, you know, unbelievable talents. And they both are. But I will say this. Right now, today, August 8th, 2021, Jalen Green is the better basketball player, but the the deal and what you're trying to get is the better basketball player in June 2025 when you're hoping to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy, and the Rockets may have very well got that guy. I'm curious to see how this team moves forward, but at this point with Jalen Green on board, the sky is the limit. Yeah, I... I agree with you. I think Mobley has a higher ceiling, not just because he's taller. Um, But I think no matter what height he gets to and where Jalen Green ends up, Jalen Green is always going to be the guy of the two that's harder to game plan for because he has more tools in his tool belt than Evan Mobley does. Like, with a guy like Mobley, you double-team him, you're basically going to take him out of the game offensively. You can't do that defensively. You know, he had how many blocks tonight? He had, what, three blocks tonight? Uh, Three blocks, five turnovers. Jalen Green is a guy, though, that he's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. You throw two guys at him, he's going to hurt you. You saw it tonight. Um, That's one of the things that I look to tonight is, A, I think the Rockets got it right. Um with Jalen Green, number one. And number two, we need to talk more about Sangoon because that kid is fun to watch. Like, I'm all about that guy. I like him, man. I'm a big fan, not only because I think he's quirky and goofy, but, man, is he tough on the inside block. He did not back down to anybody. He had 15 and 15 tonight. That stands out. So we've got a real nice crowd here on uh, Jalen Green room. So... We're gonna we're gonna discuss Alper and Shengun nicknames now. So please throw down in the comment section any potential nicknames for Shengun. We've got Jonathan who says Al P, which you know it just I want something that rolls off the tongue. Something that like if I'm talking like about just in a conversation and I'm trying to like get it in, I'm trying to use him use that nickname as like a substitute for that name. I feel like. I feel like that name isn't necessarily one that is like immediately the Mobley stopper. I mean, that's what Christian says. Top gun from Brad. Uh, what do you think, Mike? 
I don't know, Have man. We talked about this already. I mean, no. Like, I'm not great at nicknames. Like, I. Like, I feel like Alfie makes sense, but it just doesn't roll off the tongue. I'm a, at this point, the default nickname that I'm giving him is Shango. Yeah, I like I like that. Or I was thinking like Shenny, but like the thing is, there's no H in the name. If there was an H in the name, I feel like it'd be easier to call him Shenny. But I feel like at this point, like I feel like the goon part of the name is a little bit more, uh, I guess, there. It just like I feel like you can call him Goon even like, but that that also sounds weird. Yeah, I think it's got to be maybe like the something Shen good. Turn- Something Brit, Brit from the Apollo says Shengood. I like that. Shengood. Shengood. He's from Turkey, so like, if we can, you know, like the Turkey Baster. Like, I don't know. Like, the but I mean, at this point, like Mike, am I gonna be like, oh, the Turkey Baster at fifteen and fifteen today? Like, I, it rolled off the tongue. You gotta admit. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. Don't tell me. Don't tell me the Turkey. I look. I think the Turkey Baster belongs in the top ten of you got Big Al had fifteen and fifteen. I actually don't like. I actually like that Big Al. Big Al. Well, I mean, wasn't that Al Jefferson? Wasn't that his nickname? Big Al Jefferson. Yeah. Um, we'll think about it. Let's let's not. Yeah. Okay, let's but not... let's talk about his game. Let's talk about his. No matter oh, yeah. what we call him, the dude had a good game tonight. Fifteen points, fifteen rebounds, four blocks. You yep. could tell right from the jump that he was active. He, I think, he had eight free throws in that first quarter. And every time he, he takes that ball and he says whatever he's going to say to that ball, uh, I oh. mean, nine of those 14 free throws went in. So five of those times when he was talking to that ball, that ball, he must have said something to that ball that the ball did not like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dang good, man. Like, I'm going to tell you this. Let me ask you this. I don't think he's a guy you can keep in the G League very, very long. Oh, he's not going to be in the G League this year. Absolutely yeah. not. But- they were talking about it on the telecast, and they're like, well, he doesn't have to play major minutes this year. And I'm like, um, so that's not the case because, A, he's at he's your third big. You know, like you have Tice, you have Wood, and you have him. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. If he develops, if, this is a major if, and I love me some Christian Wood. Yeah, this he could potentially make Christian Wood expendable in the last year of his deal if Christian Wood has shown no interest in continuing with this organization. I think that's the best way I can put it. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I do. I do think that he could be a starter someday and someday soon. Uh, right. I'm not saying it today. I'm not basing it off of this one game. Right. I'm basing I'm basing it on the trajectory. But given where of... he is now and how much he's going to improve, I do think that his ceiling at this point is an all-star. I do. I really I really do think that. I think with him though, you can't put a guy like that in the G League because no. he's played better talent elsewhere. Same with Garuba. You these guys have played in high profile you know, professional basketball leagues. The G League is a step down from where they were playing last season. The only rookie out of the four that I could see playing in the G League this season is Josh Christopher, only because Josh Christopher is simply a, I guess he's simply just a liability with the log jam in the backcourt 
and they want to get him minutes so that he doesn't um, so that he doesn't grow stale. And that could be a real benefit for Josh Christopher. I think he what he needs. And look, Josh Christopher, I think, too, is too good for the G League as well. But also at the same time, Josh Christopher is not NBA fully ready yet. I think that he needs a little bit of seasoning, not too much. But I do like because I think if he goes down to the G League, he's going to kill it. Like, I really do think he's too good for the G League, but he's like that quad A baseball player. Like, you're too good for AAA, you're not good enough for the majors yet. But I do think if the Rockets move away from either Wall or Augustine, that will, you know, open up minutes for Christopher, and then maybe you could see him run some minutes. But we also have to keep in mind, too, with all of these guys, you know, this rotation that seems impossible to figure out. Guys are going to get injured throughout the season. Guys are not going to play back-to-backs. You're going to see John Wall rest. You're going to see David Nwaba probably rest. You're going to see guys with COVID. Like, I think COVID is still going to be a pretty significant part of the season where not necessarily you're going to see teams, you know, completely evaporate because of this, you know, virus. But I do think it might, you know, you might see players, you know, have to go into safety protocols. We saw that today with Armani Brooks. So I do think that there will be time for these players to play and injuries happen and stuff like that always happens. So I do think that the team will get to a place where a good amount of people are getting playing time, whether they're receiving the amount of playing time that they deserve is another story though. I think I need to, this is where you've been a good You've rubbed off on me in, in a positive way. I think we have to be a little patient with the Josh Christopher getting legitimate minutes. Uh, take for the simple fact that the only way that Eric Gordon and John Wall, I feel like, are legitimate trade pieces coming up to the deadline is they have to play. They have to get minutes. They have to. We have to be able to show that they can. That they're still- worth taking on. Correct and. Obviously, my my preference is to move them before the season starts. That would be my, you know, now that you you look at, you know, the team like the Clippers. Who's going to play point guard for the Clippers next season? I was uh, actually thinking about Eric Gordon, possibly. I, not John Wall, but Eric Gordon actually going to the Clippers. Eric Gordon makes sense. They need somebody. I mean, they haven't re-signed uh, Reggie Jack. Uh, they did. The 222 for him. A great deal for them. Okay, not Reggie Jackson. Who am I thinking of? Um, well, Kawhi's out for the year. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Yeah, like they they need some sort of guard presence. They you know, seem like, like a they seem like a not a perfect trade partner, but they seem like an adequate trade partner. I think that like they they make more sense than pretty much every team at this point. Yeah, they they also have their owner Steve Ballmer. Does not, I mean, he's opening a new building soon. Like, he does not want to be a crappy team. He's desperate. He's a desperate owner. Um, They need to figure out a way to work it out with them. But one of the things that was running through my mind tonight was I want the youth movement in 100% swing when the season starts. Like, if we're going to go young, go young. Don't Don't dip your toe in. Jump head first into the deep end. 
which is what you need. Josh Christopher needs to get minutes at the, the NBA level. G League doesn't make sense because he's not going to improve his game at all at the G League level, like you said. Uh, Garuba does nothing for him to go to the G League. Same with Sangoon. Obviously, the same with Jalen Green. Um, so that's why I want to move on from Gor- moving Gordon frees up those minutes for Christopher and gets him acclimated to the speed of the game that much quicker. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that's why the Summer League is so important for Josh Christopher. It's important more for Christopher than any player on the roster because he is basically forcing the Rockets' hand to, you know, to give him minutes. And I don't think today really moved the needle that much further in his direction to say, oh, we need to play Josh Christopher come regular season time. I do think that four, there are four games left. Maybe things change for him. But, like, if you take Jalen Green's stat line and you give that to Josh Christopher, then I think you're saying, okay, maybe we do need to find a way to get Josh Christopher some minutes. But is there anything you want to talk about before we uh, open up the floor for questions? Yeah, real quick, uh, massive shout-out to KJ Martin Jr. tonight, too. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? Also, Anthony Lamb. I think Anthony Lamb played his best game as a Rocket tonight. Yeah. I um, Great defense. Great defense. We saw that at the tail end of last year. Uh, but K.J. Martin tonight, 7 of 15 from the field, 3 of 8 from the three-point line. That's the question with K.J. Martin from last year was improve your jump shot. You're going to be special. Um, I also think it was very cool that his dad was there tonight. I love how involved – his dad is – I loved his dad as a player. I thought his dad, uh, Kenyon Martin, was one of the toughest dudes I've ever seen play the game of basketball. Um, and I thought K.J. Martin tonight was was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm did just you know excited, that, man. Did you know Kenyon Martin got uh, is going to work with the Nuggets coaching staff? Yep, yep. I saw that. I think that's why he's there. So I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. We haven't talked about him at all tonight. Kyrie Thomas did some nice stuff tonight, too. Yeah, um, he hit. A, he hit a three. He was only one of six. He shot the ball too much, um, but he made one a of six from nice... three. Two attempts from the field. Yeah, uh, Matt Hurt. Uh, I thought played some decent defense. The kid from the six nine kid from Duke. I thought played some decent defense tonight. Uh, but overall, I mean, if I had to grade the performance, I mean, I gotta give it a. I'd give it a B plus. Yeah, I think plus, I wouldn't B. give it an A because uh, of the way they started. But a B plus feels appropriate to me for tonight. Yeah, I think Jalen Green for me gets probably a B plus. Alperin Shangoon, I'd also give a B plus. I'd say Josh Christopher gets a B. Kyrie Thomas a B minus, or probably like a C, C plus. Uh, then everyone off the bench. I give a KJ C. and A. I give KJ and A. I'll I, give. I thought, I I'll give KJ played. and A minus. I'll give K. I think I'd give him a B. I think that. The Jalen Green said at the end of the game, he said, uh, you know, I went to another level, but I can go higher. And I love that about him. He always is looking for ways to go even further, to push it even further. And as all, as always, you know, you shouldn't be giving it to your 110 at Summer League Game 1. Mm-hmm. You should be giving your 110 at Finals Game 7. And I do think that the best is yet to come for all of these guys. Um, so... I'm going to invite people up on the stage. We do have a speaker request from Howard. We're not going to let too many speaker requests because we do uh, need to get out of here quickly. But, uh, Howard, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? What's up, Howard? 
Howard, can you hear us? Howard, can you hear me? Going once, going twice, and we're going to send him back down. I do have a speaker request from Garrett. Garrett, welcome Garrett. to the show, my friend. How are you? What's up, Garrett? I'm, what's going on, Jamie? What's going on, Michael? How are y'all? We're up? fantastic. Good, Couldn't tell. <laughs> I can tell. Um, sorry I couldn't. Um, well, I I didn't get a chance to see it again because like obviously I had to work, so I'm basically relying on YouTube to kind of like give me, give me some uh feedback on how the game went. But I'm kind of um just kind of piggybacking off of a little what Michael said. I'm kind of with Michael. Like I think Houston could should really instead of like kind of trying to dip their toe and trying to compete. And I know like they don't want to use they don't want to use the word quote unquote tank, but I think given the fact that. You're fur- you're further away from probably most teams in the Western Conference anyway, and like you have more young talent than you do veteran talent. Like like you're nowhere close to making a making a Western Conference playoffs this year than like than than you would have been um, last year. So I I'm kind of with uh, Michael. I think they should really sell off like any any like quote unquote vets or older guys who may be taking away minutes from the young players um, as soon as possible and try to get any like maybe some value for them. And now, now obviously I understand it may be tough to move certain guys because of like money. They they may be old or whatever, but I think like, um, and I, I think Michael, I think Michael, you mentioned it, Jeremy, you mentioned it. Senate putting certain guys in the G league doesn't really help their, doesn't really help them because they I mean, it doesn't help them because like G league, I mean the G league, it helps, but it doesn't help if that makes sense. Because like, I think a lot, a lot of those it guys, helps certain people. There you go. It helps certain people, but like for for some for certain guys, I'm like those certain guys they they need to play away away they need to play right away. So I think th- sending them to G League it's almost a mute point. Um, so I I'm kind of with that, but and you're gonna they don't want to tank, but at the same time, like you know that you're nowhere close to competing with nowhere close to making the playoffs. I think I think there are other teams in front of you, not, not even teams that made the playoffs, but also teams that were close and could have made it. You're you're further behind than those teams, so I think Houston go ahead, jump full into like this, this this, this young this like whole, this whole this whole young go young thing. Let the let the young kids play, let them make mistakes, let them grow together because kind of like having veterans that take away minutes, like those young guys can't they they can't develop that way because you're almost putting a cap on them in the same aspect. But I understand what the organization they're trying to they're trying to toe a line by trying to be semi competitive, but also looking toward the future. It's a tough line to toe, but I think Houston should go really full on. Let the young guys play. Let them kind of grow, make their mistakes instead of kind of playing them plus some of the vets. But I think they should play the young guys more this year. But that's just I'm with you, Garrett. So what's your question? Oh, you got a question? (laughs) You just wanted to come and uh, get on the speaker box? Uh, No, no, I mean, I have a question. I kind of just what, what. Honestly, how did how did Jalen kind of look like? I didn't really catch like how did he, how did Jalen how did Jalen Green look? I know he was like the really he was he had most of the hypes around him. How did he kind of so look today? You said you didn't watch the game. No, I didn't. I, I had to watch. All right, the game all right. Him. So so picture this: you take Michael Jordan, <laughs> and you you take uh, LeBron James and Kobe <laughs> all in the one, and that was Jalen Green. What? Oh my gosh! I. I, I do want to touch on one thing that you said real quick. Go ahead, Michael. I think they're not as far off, and it has nothing to do with what I saw tonight mm-hmm. as a whole. They're a lot closer to being a playoff team than they are being 
at the level of the number one pick in the draft. Right. This team is not going to be, and we've touched on this on the show before, but last year to me was an anomaly, right? No team in the league had more injuries, more injuries than the Rockets had, more impactful injuries. I would say Clay Thompson and Golden State obviously impacts that team. But the way that they've retooled this roster, what they have now, let me ask you a question. Definitively, are the Rockets worse than the Thunder? Um, I think well, it's TBD. Okay. I, I, like I said, I, wait, Mike, were you asking Jeremy or were you asking me or were you just kind of just throwing it out there? No, I'm asking you. Do you think that the do you think the Thunder are better than the Rockets? Present construction. Uh, I don't have their I don't have their roster in front of me, so it's hard for me to say. Um, I'll answer it for you. They're not. I mean, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I think it's TBD. But the thing okay. with the thing with the whole tank versus rebuild thing and competing thing, and I want to just get this out quick because we do mm-hmm. have other speakers. But right. right now, like the way I look at tanking, tanking you lose on purpose. And everyone starts zero and zero at the beginning of the season. So right now the Rockets are technically tied for first place. But also, you you might as well give it a try. You might as well try, see what happens. And if you come out and, you know, 10 10 games out of the way, you're 10 to no, you're like, well, you might as well go try to win. If you come out, you know, 40 games in the season and you're 15 games out of a playoff spot, then that's a different story. But I do think the Rockets have this mindset. They're not trying to lose on purpose. That's a tanking team. They're a rebuilding team. They're trying to go from where they were. They're taking, they're reassembling the the foundation, and then they're building it up. That's what they did last season. Last season was the teardown. This season's the build up. So, Garrett, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your your sharing. Um, so, yes, just so you know, Jalen Green was a Michael <laughs> Jordan, LeBron, Kobe hybrid. That's all you need to know from this game. So, uh, thank you so much, and hopefully, you get to watch the next game where you can see all that in action. Jeremy, I'll <laughs> yes. Jeremy, I will say this, by the way, when you talk about what you just talked about. Jalen Green does not strike me as a guy that would ever be okay with trying to lose on purpose. No. Like, he's going to keep you a combination of him, a healthy Christian Wood, and Kevin Porter Jr. do not strike me as guys that will let this team just roll over and die. Last year, I think that was a clear direction of the team and the franchise. But now that they have Jalen Green – that's not a kid that will take losing lightly. So, no, and none of those guys will take so losing lightly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been bullish on this on this team for a couple of weeks now. Like this is a this is a borderline playoff team. They are going to surprise numerous people, talking heads, in the media, fans, beat writers. I'm telling you, until proven otherwise, this team is going to compete for a playoff spot. I think that there's still the thing is this team is really talented. But at the same time, they are young. Yeah. There are some growing pains that need to be had. And, you know, not every team just, you know, magically goes from worst to first in a season. And I do think that there is some time, but I do think the Rockets are definitely in a better spot today than they were in a few months ago. So our last speaker tonight, we've got Shane coming up. I'm going to bring Shane onto the stage. Welcome to the show, Shane. How are you, my friend? What's up, Shane? Shane, un- uh, hit that mute button. Yo, there you yo, go. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yo, what's up? Um, You're a little bit uh, soft, J- uh, Shane. If you could speak up, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I, I, um, yeah, can you hear me better now? Perfect. Perfect. And you're loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just 
like from watching today, like one thing that I really stood out to me was Josh Christopher's energy on defense. I think like I think like actually like contrary to like maybe how you guys see it, I feel like the G League might be really good for him to like learn how to be a better decision maker with the ball because I think like he actually has already like the qualities there to be an amazing defender in the NBA. Like he reminds me of Drew Holiday actually and Eric Gordon, the way he was defending. So like I just wanna know like your opinion on like what's the ceiling maybe for Josh Christopher. Yeah. Uh, I think offensively, I, I, I compare his game to a, to a Lou Williams. Uh, I think the kid is just a natural bucket getter. Uh, yeah. defensively. Not tonight. No, I mean, not tonight. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you look at a guy like him, though, like he's not going to be afraid of the shot. Lou Will- he's, uh, he's very Lou Williams-esque in that way, that like if he misses five in a row, it's not going to deter him from taking the sixth shot. Um, defensively, He's got some work to do. I think he's more of a role defender at this point, more than a one-on-one ball defender. But the Rockets don't need him to be a one-on-one ball defender because you have guys like, you know, in front of him, Jay Sean Tate, Usman Garuba, and David Nawaba. All will be the guys that they will look to to be a primary defender over a guy like Josh Christopher. Like, if he's on the court with one, two, or three of those guys I just named, he's going to be the guy that's going to be counted on to go get a bucket. Uh, so defensively, I'm not as high on him as hmm. you just pointed out, but I still think there's a ton of upside. And if he can turn into a role defender, just a system defender, that's going to be more than adequate for the type of game he has. So looking at tonight's game in particular, I think what we saw with this team is there is a very big emphasis on defense. And that is why the that is why Josh Christopher was drafted, I believe. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that yes, he's close with Jalen and all of that, but you're not gonna just draft Jalen's best friend. You know, I mean if you could do that, you know, if you draft James Harden, you're gonna draft Travis Scott because they're best friends. But he's a really good <laughs> basketball player too. Uh like so and and look, that's this is also no slight to Travis Scott's game. I'm sure he has a decent jumper, maybe not an NBA level jumper. Maybe he's got some work to do. Maybe he can go to the G League and get it figured out. But when it comes to Josh Christopher, his defense is NBA caliber. I really do believe that, and he is a like Mike said, he does have that kind of uh, ability to just go and get a bucket. But when he gets to the NBA, he's going to meet players that are simply just better than him, more experienced than him, and bigger than him. And we saw tonight, especially early on, where he would get into the lane. He had no problem getting in the lane, but he had a problem finishing because he met, you know, three guys that were, you know, at least... That's a decision-making. That's a decision-making I was talking about. And that is is what he has to work on, absolutely. Ideally, I do think that right now, as he kind of approaches his you know, as the early part of his career, I do think those decisions are more than likely going to be ones that, you know, you kick out to Jay Sean Tate in the corner, you kick out KJ in the corner. I think those, you're going to see a lot more of him kicking out to the corner than you are going to see him finishing. But if he develops enough, uh, if he develops, you know, more strength, which obviously, you know, every, he's still growing. I mean, he's 19 years old. He'll, once he continues to grow, just and add more muscle, then maybe he can 
you know, kind of bully his way in there, go up for, you know, a bucket and either he gets the bucket or he gets fouled. At least he's getting Mm. points either way. And that's something that I think, you know, is something that the G League can be perfect for him. I do think that he will spend some time in the G League chain. I think your I think your analysis is spot on. I I, I agree with you totally. Uh, I think that yeah. being in the G League will definitely help him with that. I do think also, uh, you know, kind of fine tuning his three point shot. Also, yeah, he could yeah. really benefit in the G League, but he doesn't need a whole lot of time in the G League. He needs. This half a season, I think half a season for him in the G League is enough for him because then in the second half, once, you know, we're shutting John Wall down for the year, once we're shutting, you know, Eric Gordon down for the year, once these injuries happen, injuries happen to somebody, Josh Christopher's number will be called at some point during the season. And I hope that the time that he spends in summer league in the G League will better prepare him for that moment. Yeah, it's like KJ and um, Armani. And like those guys, like and in KPJ, like yeah, yeah, they 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 like really got so much better near the end of the season because of the G League experience. Like I really see that in Josh Christopher. But like I really, honestly think like he has a really great defensive stance. Like you know, like and like the thing the thing is like in today's NBA, you don't necessarily we have one guard who can like score really well and create like maybe like Jalen Green will be able to do. Like, I think having a really great defensive guard to, like, be, like, that second um, playmaker is, like, huge. Like, that's why Bucks won the championship, I think, because, like, yeah, Drew Holiday wasn't really getting buckets, but he was making it difficult on Chris Paul, you know? Drew Holiday, you need an archetype like him to win an NBA championship. A, a defensive guard that has the ability not only to create when he needs to but primarily to lock up one of those big scorers on the other side and I do think there is a world where KPJ and Jalen Green are starting in the backcourt and then Josh Christopher is that first guard off the bench I really do think there is a spot for him on that my only concern is will he have enough time to get to that point or will he simply outgrow his position and then he wants a trade elsewhere or he signs elsewhere to a team that can give him more minutes as a starter or is that just going to be his role for his career is just kind of a sixth seventh man off the bench I like a Patty Mills kind of thing I I think for Josh Christopher right now it's way too early to tell it's way too early to tell for all of these guys you know this is this is after one game of summer league but yeah I do at this point, I'm not selling off on any of these people yet. I'm still buying real hard on all of our rookies, and I'm super excited. I'm especially with Josh Kruger. I think he's still the person that I'm most excited about going into game two. I think that he has the most proof, and I think he is going to be the one that shines at the end of the day. Yeah, I'll, I'll, like the one thing I also want to ask is like, what do you guys think? Like with Singhan and like. Jalen Green, like, obviously, like, we don't necessarily think that Sengam might be, like, Mobley, but, like, do you think maybe we might have, in a sense, almost got, like, a two-for-one deal there, where, like, um, Sengam is kind of like that, like, 80% of one Mobley is maybe one way, and then, like, Jalen Green is... Yeah, I don't think think he's Mobley. I think he's he's Sabonis from Indiana or Vucevic from Chicago. 
Uh, but I think the Rockets hit it out of the park with the trade that they made. And that's the type of move that the Rockets needed to make to solidify my uh, belief in this front office uh, is identify a guy and use some of your future draft capital to go get. So I don't think he's Mobley, but I think he is an all-star level player hmm. in make if he can take the proper steps forward. Like what he was able to do tonight, which is basically bully ball at some points, is not going to work at the NBA level on every night. But his hustle yeah. and his knack for the ball and his playmaking abilities make him stand out. That pass through the legs to Jalen Green, even though Jalen Green was out of bounds, was ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. that's the thing is like these these plays that just come out of nowhere, and on literally not even day one. This is like day zero. Uh, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, Shane, we're about to wrap up here. Any last thoughts before we send you back? Oh, yes. Um, I do want to say one thing because I forgot to say this last time, but thank you guys for helping me get through the torture of last season. And um, Michael Brown, um, dude, when you you did the Warriors recap, when we played the Warriors, I think on ESPN, and we got smashed, that was, like, so hilarious, but, like, so painful at the same time. But it kind of, like gave like some healing so thank you so much i appreciate you brother we appreciate your support (laughs) thank you shane hope to see you soon yeah and and the thing i think tonight i think a nice little bow that you know shane's last point there you know i think last season we were talking about how like mike you and i were kind of going back and forth on you know how this is like rock bottom and i kept telling you like during that losing streak that i don't even think we're at rock bottom yet and then we hit rock bottom. I think rock bottom is behind us. Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> watching this game tonight, just <clears throat> it just it gets me excited, man. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to describe to people from the outside who weren't there with us last year to know how painful it was last. Like it was bad. Like, it was it was embarrassing. You know, if you were a Rockets fan, it got to be embarrassing on some nights last year. They now have a direction. They now have what I believe is a guy who's a very capable general manager. Not that Morey wasn't, but I think Stone has done enough to show me and a lot of other Rockets fans that he knows what he's doing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, very simply put, I think rock bottom is behind us. I think we still have a long road to go. Um, but like I said, I, I will stick to my guns. This is a this is a potential playoff team. Now, this is a team that has a very, very bright future. Is that your unofficial mic drop, or do you have something else for me? Come on, man. You know I got something else for you. All right. Michael Brown, it's, it's time for the mic drop. Here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another rendition of the mic drop featuring myself, Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Um, watching the, the Rockets game tonight made me reminisce to a time last year that I was so adamant that the Rockets had no idea what the hell they were doing and why are they making these moves and why are they doing what they're doing? And tonight while watching the game, I had a thought that, that I have not had in quite a long time. And it was a feeling of hope. It's a feeling of watching this team for a purpose of other than winning a championship, which is the ultimate goal, watching this game tonight 
The guys were energetic. The fan base on Twitter was electric tonight. The game was great. They ended up winning. My day is so much better when the Rockets win. I know so many other fans out there feel the same way. That as we move throughout this week and the rest of these summer league games, they are almost must-watch at this point for Rockets fans. And that's a feeling that I haven't seen in the fan base in nearly a year, probably a little bit more since the beginning of last season. But even last season, James Harden didn't want to be here. The Rockets organization is moving in the right direction. They have gone back onto the rails from being off of the rails. And this week, I'm going to go to the Rockets team shop, and I'm going to buy a jersey. I don't know who it's going to be of yet, but I will be buying a jersey as a thank you to the organization and to the front office for making moves that gets maybe not the entire fan base behind them, but gets me, Michael Earl, the Hebrew Hammer Brown, back to believing that this organization knows what they're doing. They brought us Jalen Green, the next savior of this organization. And I, for one, cannot wait for the game on Tuesday against the Detroit Pistons when we show Cade Cunningham, decent player, but you're not Jalen Green. And that's all I have to say. Your middle name is Earl? Named after, I'm sorry, that's the named one. A, that's, named that's after the one my name. grandfather. I'm glad that was hey, Grandpa Earl. Out shout out to you, that. man. Yes, sir. Uh, um, yes, my middle name is Earl. Michael Earl Brown. Yeah, that should be the my middle name is Earl. The 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 reboot of that show because uh, available. Yeah, all right. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you so much to everyone that came to listen to us here on Spotify Jalen Green Room live for this episode of the Dream Take presented by the Dream Shake. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and at Dream Shake SBN. Check out all of our content over at thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We'll be back on Tuesday night for another episode of the Dream Take where we recap Pistons Rockets, analyze what the Rockets do in game two of their Summer League Showcase. They've got five games in the Summer League. This one tonight, we've got game two Tuesday. Game three is set to take place on Thursday. Game Four is on Sunday, and then game five is going to be either Monday or Tuesday. That's to be determined because that is determined based off of how the teams do during their first four games. The top two teams, based off of record, then point differential, will play for the championship. It's like college football. So if you win, you stay in. If you lose, chances are you're not going to be playing for a championship. So right now the Rockets are still in it. For that Summer League Championship. And if they win that Summer League Championship, y'all, we are throwing them a parade. Absolutely. Every championship should be given a parade. So be sure to tune in throughout the week for our Summer League analysis. Some of the most exciting times that we've had on the podcast since probably the playoffs from a year ago plus now um, is going to be this week. So be sure to tune in throughout the weekend. We could not do this without you guys that listen to us live, that listen to us on demand. So again, a major, major thank you to all of you guys. And we do this not only for us, but for you as well. Be sure to also follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW podcast underscore M B. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E. N-E-R. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, go Rockets.